Well, we are very close. Just a, a commercial message. We will have Mass tomorrow morning on Friday because it's the 24th, and it's not the, uh, the vigil or Christmas Eve until the evening, so we do have Mass tomorrow morning. Have you ever been with somebody who just won't stop talking? They're going on and on and on and on and on until you can't take it anymore, and you just finally say, would you shut up? I know that sounds rude and coming from the pulpit here, but will you just shut up? Because you can't even get a second to think. They just won't stop talking. Well, this scripture today is, is uh, fascinating and wonderful. We, I don't think we had the reading earlier because it may have fallen on a Sunday or whatever, but um, um, remember Zechariah when the angel came to visit and say that uh, he was in the temple preparing for the sacrifice and and uh, the angel came and said he was going to have a son, he and his wife. And, and he doubted it. He questioned the angel. Now, Mary didn't question. Mary just said, well, how can it be? I've, I've never been with a man. She didn't understand. But he questioned it. His wife had been barren forever. And so the angel struck him dumb. Not dumb, dumb, but mm, can't speak. Mute. And so he left the temple, and his wife... Uh, Elizabeth knew something extraordinary had happened to him. She could see in his face, but also he couldn't speak. So here's the final end of that. Um, the baby's born, and eight days later, they go to the temple, and they're going to dedicate and present the baby in the temple and circumcise the baby. And so all the family, uh, I mean, all the neighbors say, oh, so uh, he will be called Zechariah? And um, they said, no. She said, no, his name will be John. That makes me think of um, the, the, what I read a long time ago, I think in Nigeria or one of the African countries, maybe several, that they named the baby on the day of baptism so that um, if you ask the, what's the baby's name after the baby's born, they say, no name, no name. Because they see in baptizing when God calls this baby by name, and that's when the authentic name can be held. This sounds similar to it, um, but she says John, uh, she says John will be his name. And so they said, oh no, that's ridiculous. You heard it, you heard me say it. Um, uh, nobody in your family's named John. So they, so they just bypass her. Can you imagine? What if you were that Elizabeth or the mother and they just, just walked right past you and went over to the husband? What's his name going to be? So he writes down John. And then his mouth is opened and he was able to speak. And everybody's astonished. But what I want to focus on is the moment that his mouth was shut up by the angel until this eight days after the circumcision, he was mute. He couldn't speak. You didn't have to say, Zechariah, would you shut up? He couldn't speak. So there was silence. And what I think that silence provided for Zechariah was this inner space I call the, the poverty inside. You see, if, if we're always full, our mouth is always going, our mind is always working, we're always saying or doing something, there's no room. Or if we're full of whatever, you know, people are full of all kinds of things. They can be full of themselves. They can be full of nonsense. They can be full of too many desires, uh, always looking for something to, to have. Well, then how does God get into that? How, how can God get into a, a mind or a heart or a mouth that is always going? And so the wisdom of the church has always been, 
you have to have some silent time. The most precious prayer time is silence. The most precious. Just to sit in the presence of God and zip it. Not be reading. I mean, those are all good. But the most precious time is when we make space for God. And we make space for the Lord to be in us. So Zechariah had some time because he had to stop talking. And when he finally wrote, his name will be John, and, and his speech returned. And, and I think he, like everybody else, was astonished and celebrated this great moment. So I say to you and to me, two days before we celebrate Christmas, is there any space in us? Is there any space for Jesus to get in? And if he gets in to us, like the opening prayer said, make his dwelling place within us, what does that mean? You know, we're celebrating Posadas right now, and one of the things about Posadas is they keep knocking at the door, can, uh, can we get in there? We need to get in there. Uh, my wife's going to have a baby. Nope, no room. Close the door. No room. And it's possible, even with all of our prayers and rosaries and all of our activity, that we're closing the door. And Jesus is maybe just saying, let, let me into the inner space where you're, where you're not overthinking, where you're not over-speaking or over-praying. Just let me in. And what will happen if Jesus really gets in? What, what could happen? Again, I, I think we got to let Jesus in, not just to the rooms that are clean, but the rooms that are messy. Our sin, our negligence, our faults, our refusal to forgive, our bad attitudes, our judging, our criticizing and gossiping, all those little things. And, and nobody here, nobody's killed anybody this week, have they? Anybody rob a bank? No, we're not bad people. But we can be overoccupied people and people that aren't making room for the Lord. And that's, I think, what these scriptures invite us to do today. Make room for the Lord so he can get in and make his dwelling place within us. Please stand. As we look forward to celebrating the coming of the infant Jesus, we join our hearts in prayer and present our petitions to the Father.